0: restrictions off of him. in Chicago they said the wind was about 40 to 50 miles an hour and some of you in here tonight the wind is blowing in your mind that you feel like you're about to lose your mind the wind is blowing in your house and your kids are acting crazy your marriage ain't right the wind is blowing in your finances because your bills are overdue the wind is blowing in your prayer life because it seems like God ain't paying you no attention but I came to tell you tonight that he's about to speak to your situation
1: Good evening, family. Welcome to Faith Harvest Worship Center Roundtable Discussion. My name is Pastor Robert Ingram. To the left of me is Pastor Stedman of Blessed Assurance. We welcome you here tonight. We have a real good topic that we're going to be talking about. And we're talking about the youth today. And and I want to say to you, and the title tonight is God has a purpose for you. And we're going to come out of... Uh, 1 Timothy 4.12. And in this scripture, God says this. The word says this. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. So, and there's... This is just one scripture, and we're going to go over quite a few scriptures where God is speaking directly to you, because I want you to know, because there's so many of you out there, and I was one myself when I was your age as a young adult or a young teenager who didn't know I had a purpose, who was lost in the world and, and didn't understand what God's purpose was for my life. And a big part of that was because I wasn't in his word. So I didn't know what God' expectation is for me. You know, I based it off what the world told me, what people told me, and what I thought of myself. But that's not what God expects of us. And here this scripture clearly defines that. And I'm going to read this again because I want you to get this down in your spirit because it's so important and for parents too because we got to be careful the things we speak into our children because they they will grab hold of those things and run with them, good and bad. Amen. So it says again, Timothy 4.12, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Young people today are in search of their own role models. But as this quote notes, it's important for youngsters to start building themselves up as someone worth admiring by others. Having faith Being pure, loving people is what can help you be someone to admire. You know, I was speaking in my Bible class today, talking to the young kids and and just letting them know that God has a purpose for their life. However, regardless of what we believe, what the parents believe, what leadership believe, or people speak into their lives, the bottom line is they have to make a choice. Just like I had to make a choice, Pastor Steadman had to make a choice, you had to make a choice to do what is right, you know. And, and our job here at Faith Harvest as leadership, you as parents, um, you as young people, what we give, when we give you that information, it's up to you what you do with it, you know. And that's the important part because for myself, I had to do some self-reflection. I had to had to look at the man in the mirror during those down times in my life where I had to, because I was doing the blame game. Right. You know, the enemy would give you a whole lot of excuses for doing what you want to do. That's right. You know, and, and, and I had that. I was one who was carrying the weight. Ah, oh, my dad ain't in my life. All these other isms, you know, that I use as an excuse to do what I wanted to do. And and God dealt with me because He told me you still had a choice. Yep.
2: And sometimes, and sometimes if you think what you just said, man, um, that, uh, that as when we were growing up, I think it's a lot tougher for the younger kids today because of all the peer pressure. Mm-hmm. There is an extreme a lot of peer peer pressure, and what a lot of times, like it says here in, in my in my contemporary English, is don't let anyone make fun of you. Mm-hmm. Well. If somebody says, well, I'm following God and I'm doing all these things, and then they got the friends in the back making fun of them because he's following a different path than them, and then that person, most of the time the kids give in so they don't want to disappoint their friends. And I'm here to tell you that if a friend steers you away from God, that's not, that friend doesn't have uh, your best interest at heart. That's right. And um, we need, as a young person, now, first of all, us leaders, we have to set the example for the younger, younger generation. And when they see how we set an example, I think that's the key to getting to our younger people.
1: You said something key, and you talked about peer pressure. And it 's not that we didn't have peer pressure when we were growing oh, yeah. up. we had the same type of peer pressure. There's just at another level because they have so much more exposure to outside influences that's right. you know, and, and that 's the thing that 's going to be real important for, for you young young believers in Christ that you be careful of those airwaves that you allow to to have impressions on your life because most of the time it's not the peer pressure from the outside. It's the peer pressure of what you allow inside, that's it. you know, and that's the part that we have to be careful of. Here in Jeremiah 1, 4 through 9, it says, The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. He's speaking to you and me. He's, this is, these words are not just for the ones. I tell people all the time, put yourself in the scripture. Act like God is speaking directly to you when you read these scriptures. So here it says, the word of the Lord came to you saying, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet of the nations. Oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am only a child. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them. Keyword, do not be afraid of them. Walk in the authority of the one who sent you. I can remember a time where, when I was younger, I used to go upstairs. There was this one guy who used to bother me all the time when we used to play baseball. in in the field. And not just that, but just other times he used to pick with me all the time. I was always a little guy. And I went upstairs one time crying to my mom like, my such and such was picking on me. She took me right outside and she spoke the authority into me and she was like, I'm tired of this continuing to happen. She said, I want you to stand up for yourself, and if you don't stand up for yourself, you're going to be in trouble for me. That's it. I didn't want to be in trouble for my mom, That's so <laughs> I stood up for myself, and I stood on that authority that she spoken to me. That's it. And I had a confidence that I thought I never would have, and I, and I took care of business. I never had an issue with that young man ever again. But this is that authority that God is telling you to walk in. When you speak in his truth, that authority will make anyone bow.
2: And, and, and you brought up something um, very important there. Um, and one of the issues that we, uh, as growing up, we, don't, uh, we didn't have the issues now of all the things that try to drag us away from God. For example, the, the, the things we hear on the news, entertainment, sports, all these things that they glamorize. Mm-hmm. And the kids, the younger generation, filter towards that because it's the in thing to do. Remember that when we were growing up, uh-huh. the in thing to do? And um, we they, they haven't gotten into the word to realize that that is not – those things are actually hurting them. They're looking up to um false let's say false idols.
1: Yes, definitely. And it goes that's if you go back to if you go back to the other scripture where it says in for in Timothy four twelve it says but set an example for believers in speech and conduct and love and in faith and in purity. So if these people who you are admiring, who you are following, I tell my I tell my students the other day, I said, look, if you don't have a mentor, you need to look for a mentor. It. It's important for you to have someone. Who will give you sound advice, not the advice that you always want to hear, but advice that's going to help correct you and move you in a direction that is purposeful for your life. And and sometimes you don't have that. You tend to base it off of what you know and what we know is not all there is to know. You know, and it doesn't matter what age you are. You need a sounding board, someone who can hold you accountable, someone who you can share some of the things that you're going through, be it your spouse, be it your pastor, be it your your, your friends. You know, they got to have your best interests at heart. And also, you want godly counsel. You don't want to hear worldview. That's right. You want to hear godly counsel.
2: And, and and you just said something that just made me think about um Myself, I had to have a mentor tonight, Pastor Ray, talk to me because I, I have had some issues that have come about in my life that, you know, just came out of nowhere, you know, but that's how the devil works. But I was trying to do my own thing <laughs> and instead of stepping into God's will and to God and listening to what God was telling me to do. So I had to get back on track tonight with a word of advice from Pastor Ray. And it made me feel so much better because um, I would not have had that when I was younger. You know, I would have had to went to my parents or somebody. But when you just said somebody with a godly influence, somebody that uh, understands God and the Word of God, and he got me back on track. And and it can, if it can happen to me at 52 years old, it can happen to you as a younger tw- nineteen twenty. 15, 16-year-old. And see, it, it's not even about
1: age, you know, because the enemy going to come after you regardless of what, definitely if you're doing God's will. That's right. You know, he ain't worried about the ones who ain't doing what God purposed them to do because they on his side, yep. you know. So if, you, if he's attacking you, he's coming at you, you're on the right track. So I'm letting you know right now, if you're being attacked, you are on the right track. So seek some godly advice, seek some godly counsel, and God will see you through. He's, you're never going to face any temptation or any situation that you can't bear. And if you can't bear it, God can bear it for you. And let me finish reading that scripture, Jeremiah 1, 4 through 9. So... He says, I command you, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, now I have put my words in your mouth. There you go. Family, you listening to me right now, me as a youth, as a young man, this is something I wouldn't have thought I would be able to do. But by the grace and the mercy of God, me spending time in his word, me seeking his face, seeking his advice, seeking godly counsels for people that he placed in my life and through my own experience, I'm able to stand here before you today and share the good news the good news of who God is, not just for me, not just for Pastor segment, not just for the people out here, but for you as well. God is speaking to you. He has a purpose for your life. There's some things he has set aside just for you, but mind you, I tell you now, if you don't do it, he, someone else will because his will will be done but you have a purpose that he created you for and the an enemy is trying to stop you and let you, and try to make you believe that you have no purpose here and i'm here to tell you today yes. yeah. all you young men and women that god has a purpose for you Ask your parents because they're not where they're at because they didn't have to go through some things. They can tell you their testimony, some stories about some of the trials and tribulations they had to go through as young men and women because we all had to go through those tests. And just because this is a new time, a new season, there's nothing new under the sun. The same thing they experienced 2,000 years ago, if you read that Bible, we're experiencing those same things today.
2: You know, your favorite book is Job, I know that much, and I just came to a couple of scriptures, but the first one I want to talk about is um, uh, the situation that we have in our inner cities, in our um, communities uh, with the killings. Uh, we were just coming home today from Lancaster, and elder read something about a, 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 a toddler when their, their family went into the gas station to get gas. He had a gun in the car. The toddler picked up the gun and mm. killed a 14, his 14-year-old 14 brother. Well, of course, the toddler doesn't know any better. He thinks it's a toy. But my point of that was is that we've got all this violence and things going on with our younger people, killing younger people, even killing older people. And it brought me to a scripture that God just sent me, down, sent me to from Job uh, chapter 29. Verses 7 through 10, where, and they're asterisks in my book, which means they're important. It says here, When I sat down at the meeting of the city council, the young leaders stepped aside while the older ones stood and remained silent. What's that telling you, Pastor?
1: The, the older ones already had a preconceived notion about who Job was, they already passed judgment.
2: Exactly and that's what we're trying to say here if the older people who have most of the should have the wisdom and knowledge that we expect them to have are supposed to be an influence to the younger people and that's what's happening in our societies today the older people are just keeping quiet and the young leaders are just doing their thing <laughs>
1: so here it says here being young and inexperienced in life In lives, teaching doesn't mean that you don't have to say and you don't have a say in what can happen. That's right. God also uses young people to accomplish his purpose Mm -hmm. and will always and his purpose and will always be there to back you up in his calling. The key is his calling. Not your calling, not just what you want to do. God know what you want to do, but he wants you to put his will first. And he wants you to know that he has a purpose for you. So, and, and so you have something to say, just like he said in that council meeting that Job said before. The older ones already had judgment, but the young one stepped to the side because he felt he felt that his words wouldn't be received. Because of his youth. that's right. And here at Faith Harvest, we encourage leaders to speak. Don't feel ashamed to say what's on your mind. But some, sometimes we have to be careful how we say what we say. That's the key. That's right. I say pray before you say what you're going to say. I do that often. I don't want to say nothing based off of how I feel, what I think. I try to pray. That get me in trouble sometimes because... Sometimes some people want to hear a response right away, and when you don't respond right away, they think you're ignoring them. That's right. No, I'm trying to bridle my tongue so I say the right thing, the godly thing, and not what I feel or what I think.
2: And, and that's what he's trying to say is that if you younger people out there watching on Facebook, we want you to come. We, we, like, we, first of all, we want to invite you here on Wednesday nights to uh, maybe you can lend us some uh, ideas. Some insights. Some insights on what's going on. In the world out there. But don't feel like you don't have an opinion. Sometimes we learn from the younger people what they have to say and think, well, why didn't I think of that? You know? And and that's something that I think that the younger people are afraid of doing. And we're trying to tell you, don't do that. You've got an opinion. Pray on it and speak up about it. No answer is wrong in the house of the Lord.
1: That's right. Listen to this think about the story of David here in Samuel 17 42 it says and when the Philistine looked and saw David his disdain he disdained him for he was but a youth rowdy and handsome in appearance so so he already he had a preconceived notion about who David was and if you don't know the story about David David was the one who stood up to Goliath, the one who was slaying all of, of the Israelites, the uh, Israelites' army. And, and David stood up as a youth and wouldn't allow him to speak about God's people in the manner, and he wound up slaying him. So, here, this comes from the story of David and Goliath, where the little Tikite. And youngster David slayed the giant Goliath. It shows that no matter the size or strength, it's possible to tackle even the most intimidating foes. So we got to be able to stand boldly in what God has called us to do. You as young adults, because there's some things that that's attacking you right now. You know, there's some things that attacked me when I was a young man. You know, like Pastor Stedman said, you guys are facing a lot of adversities that we didn't have to face with social media, these different things. And we have to be bold enough to stand up for, against those things that are not right. We, it's not for us to be click where we join in to what everybody else is doing. If it's not right, why be a part of it? You know, I'll tell my youth, i say, look, you can't be one way in church and be another way in school. Be who God called you to be. Don't be be wishy-washy. You got to be who God called you to be. And as you stand boldly in who God called you to be, the better you will be. Amen?
2: And I want to bring up something. I don't know if I mentioned it our last time we was on, but I'm coming out of Ephesians 6. Uh, 1 through 4, and it talks about children and parents. And it says, Children, you belong to the Lord, and you do the right thing when you obey your parents. The first commandment with a promise says, Obey your father and your mother, and you will have a long and happy life. But parents, don't be hard on your children. Raise them properly, teach them, and instruct them about the Lord. And I don't think we have much of that going on today. I know when you and and me were in school, we had prayer in school. Remember that? Yes, sir. That's something that has been taken out of the school. That, I think, was one of the... Not
1: at Faith Harvest, not at Harvest Christian Academy. No, that's right. It's
2: alive and well here. Yep. In public school, they don't do that. But my point is, I think when they took that part of it out of the basic life of a child going to school, I think that was what the downfall started with our younger people as far as knowing who God is, even if you get your foot in the door and have a prayer every day about the Lord at least it's, at least it's something
1: and, and that's why it's important. I, I talk to my kids in, in, in chapel and Bible study in a Bible class about having some prayer time, having some Bible time. I was telling them, I said, you spend 15 minutes reading the Bible each day, you can read the Bible three times in one year. Just 15 minutes. I'm speaking to you parents also. 15 minutes a day, you can read the Bible three times in one year if you just spend 15 minutes reading the Bible. And... And I'm not talking about just reading one paragraph in 15 minutes. (laughs) I'm talking about reading the Bible for 15 minutes, really reading. You can read it. You can read. But it's important for them to have that that time with God in his word, you know. And just like I was telling them, just because you read it now, you don't get that revelation or full understanding of it. The next time you read it, what you didn't understand then... You will have a different understanding now because your maturity level has grown to another level. And as you continue to mature, it's going to give you new revelations because God always revealed new things to you as you mature. He's not going to give you something you're not ready for.
2: This isn't a joke, but I remember when I was a kid growing up, man, if I saw a book this thick, I said, I'm not reading that. It's going to take too long. (laughs) But let me tell you something. I, he's right. I can read a Bible I'm, uh, three times a year. I just started reading this again this year, and I'm already in Isaiah, and that's just going 20 minutes a day, usually before I go to bed at night, and I read diligently what's in this word. And he, and, and every time you read it, like he said, you might not understand a lot of it the first time you go through, but each time, I, and me as a pastor, and not even as a pastor, as a layperson, you find out something different each time you read it, applying to what your situation is that you're dealing with at that time.
1: And, and you know, what's unique about this, this new age right now, you can put your Bible on your phone, and your Bible can speak to you as you're laying down sleeping. I turn on my Bible every night. My Bible speaks to me as I sleep at nighttime. time. I allow my Bible to play while I'm laying down. So you can hear the word at any time of your choosing. Here, just piggybacking off of what you just read about parents, here in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8 through 9, it says, Hear, my son, your father's instructions, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland, for your head and a pendant for your Neural neck. neck. Yep. This quote is about staying true to your parents and not disrespecting them and giving and giving the pure research Center finding that more than one-third of millenniums are living with their parents despite graduating from college and earning higher education degrees. Playing nice with your parents isn't something young people are skipping out on. So, so here, as you said, you see one-third of young adults who graduated college or high school are still living with their parents. Yes. So it's important that you respect the ones who household you're under. You know, so we can't, we can't take advantage of that relationship that God has allowed us to have with our parents who continue to nurture us in spite of us being young adults. That's right. So we have to respect that. It says here, it says, for they are graceful garlands for your head and pendants, for your neck. Yep. So if we hold those examples and we hold those things true, my God, so much more that we would be able to do if we allow ourselves to be respectful and receive what our parents are telling us. Sometimes we might not understand, and believe you me, I, I know that. Pastor Stedman know that. The people out here know that. Your parents know that. Even you know that yourself because there were some things your parents told you. I can remember growing up, they thought rap was the worst thing that could ever happen. (laughs) I can say now that it ain't getting any better, but back then, that was our way of communicating. That was our way of sharing what we were feeling, what we were thinking. They done changed it to be manipulative and and I'm not going to say this is not what they're feeling and what they're thinking, but they're thinking and feeling like the world. And that's not what God wants us to do. And that's why we got to be careful what we're allowed to hear in our ear what we watch on television. Because I, I was telling the kids, I said, I can remember when I was growing up, the TV went off at 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock. Amen. And all you heard was beep. You, you ain't have a choice. It wasn't nothing else to watch. Yeah,
2: because they signed off.
1: It signed off every channel. Every channel. You ain't see nobody walking around in bikinis or none of that stuff on TV, all up underwear, all that stuff. We some things that these kids are being exposed to, you're being exposed to right now. And we didn't have to worry about. You know, our parents were able to 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 Protect us from some of those things. The world protected us to an extent from some of those things. They didn't allow. But now this, the enemy has infiltrated so many areas of our life that we're, our children are being exposed to things that they, w- they shouldn't be exposed to. And experiencing things and having thoughts and feelings that they shouldn't have at the age that they are. I,
2: I mean, you're right. I mean, you look on the um, Internet. I mean, and, and here's the phrase I always use. You can't ever, always believe everything that's on the Internet. Oh, no. And our And our children and our younger people most of the time believe it. For example, what was that one a few years ago where the kids were doing this challenge where they were sticking the pods in their mouths? And oh, they, and, they, and they would get exploded in their mouth, and some of them, a couple of them, I think, died from it. I mean, this is because they saw somebody else do it on the screen and said, hey, that looks like I can do that. I believe what's going on there, but they didn't see the ramifications of what took place after they did it. Even that
1: crate challenge—you see people climbing crates and all. I mean, just so many things. And, and, and what I tell our kids now—the kids that I teach and the kids I have an opportunity to minister to—is if God wanted copycats, if He wanted He wanted replicas of of each other, He would He would have created that from the beginning.
2: That, he right. gave
1: each and every one of us unique, different personalities, different appearances, because he wanted us to recognize the differences in each other but also the uniqueness and the sameness that we had as well you know and here we live in a copycat society and also a society that filters to what, you, what your desires are, what your likes are. That's one thing I hate about Facebook and all these other sites because they give you, they feed you what you want. And the same thing with news. Whatever's hot, that's what you hear. <laughs> Whatever, whatever's the end thing, that's what you hear. Right now, you don't hear nothing about COVID. It's like COVID just fell off the earth. Now all you hear about is the war, what's going on in Ukraine and different things like that. So that's why we got to be careful of of what we're listening to because they give you what they want to give you, you know. But the one thing about God, God is going to give you the truth all the time and nothing but the truth.
2: And And you talked about the war in Ukraine. I mean, that is a more real life story than some of the other things that we see on the news. And it's, and and not saying we're glamorizing that because what's happening over there is absolutely a tragedy. But, um, you know, how do we, and this is a question I'm going to pose to you, how do we go to our young people and get them to immerse themselves in this word? What is the keys to doing that?
1: One thing you said earlier, we got to be examples. We got to be examples to show them that this is another way. You know, because right now they don't see that. You know, they see it as props. They see it as, as fake. You know, they don't know the testimonies. You know, we're not really sharing our testimonies with them about the experiences that we went through. You know, and also giving them, giving them a pathway out.
2: That's it.
1: You know, it's easy to talk that game, but you got to show, put your money where your mouth is. Right. Give, you say get a job. Show me how to get a job. Be there to support me. Be there when, when that bully right down the block, when I come out the house and I'm trying to do the right thing, he's approaching me and telling me, look, join this gang, or if you don't, we're going to beat you up. You know, these are the things that our young people are experiencing. These are the things that they're going through. So it's going to be hard for them just to receive what the word is saying or what we're saying. We got to be in the trenches with them. That's right. That's where you've seen Jesus at. Jesus wasn't in the, he wasn't in the, um, in the synagogue. He went there, he went there to get people out. Yep. He went to he he, 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 he went there, gave them what God had to give them and went back out to where the people were at who needed it. The people who were in the church, they already, they began already in that moving direction, in the right direction. So he needed to go get the people who wasn't in that direction, and that's what we have to do. We have to be where they're at. That's it. We have to be able to stand there on those corners with them and and, and pull them out, give them those examples, show them something different.
2: And I, and I think where um and and it's uh, the adults where we where we fail at. Is a lot of times we, instead of holding to our convictions, we wind up, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Conforming to what society is. Jesus Christ, I'll tell you, he then never conformed to what was going on. He stuck to what his father and the word said, and he brought it to life. Sometimes you didn't like what he said, that's right. But believe it. He said those things and he stood to his laurels till his death.
1: Here it says in 1 in, in Peter uh, 5, chapter 5, verse 5 through 9. It says, clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility towards one another. For God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. That's it. Humble yourselves. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Mm -hmm. Throughout the world. So here it's letting you know what you're going through is not just unique to you. It's your brothers and sisters are going through these same trials and tribulations throughout the world. But he said, be sober-minded. Clothe yourself in his word. Be watchful. And this is the thing that we're missing. This is the thing that the, our youth and our adults are allowing the enemy in just a little bit. All he needs is a crack to get in. And he will be in like a roaring lion to devour you. And before you know it, you are in his grass and no way out. But, I say this, but God, God has given you a way out. He's already got the keys. The victory is in your hands. It's in his word. You just have to make a choice of who you're going to follow. Are you going to follow the will of the world or are you going to follow the will of God? And a lot of times it goes against your own will. And that's the part you have to be mindful of.
2: I mean, we got to remember And in a few weeks, we're going to be, uh, actually next week, we're going to be celebrating uh, Holy Week and Good Friday. And, you know, when Jesus died, Hmm. he went down to the devil, smacked him in the face and took them keys from him and said, I got the keys of the kingdom. And he is offering that kingdom to everyone, including our younger people today.
1: Yes, they are. Yes they are. And, and and this is what I tell I, I tell my, my my guys that I say when when you when you're doing things and you know better, you're making a conscious choice to do what you want to do. And as you do that, you are adding stripes to the one who already sacrificed his life for you and I. Mm-hmm. I said We're doing the same thing that even Adam did. Adam and Eve did in the garden and this is why our relationship with God has not come closer because we're making the same choice to be disobedient to the commandments of the people who God has placed in our lives not just not only to his word but the people who we placed in our lives when we have a choice to make better choices.
2: You know, I, I had a message last week that I, I did on my um, Facebook page, and it was talking about the story of uh, uh, Mary Magdalene. And uh, she was caught in the, uh, in the act, as so we say. And um, they were brought out to the square, and uh, they said to Jesus, you know what the penalty is for this, right? Hmm. Yeah, a stone in her. And what did Jesus say? "Though who without sin cast the first stone. Well, the only person that could really cast that stone was Jesus because he, he didn't have sin. That's right. And everybody is born into the world of sin. We just have to know the tools to overcome that sin. Hmm. The younger people today don't have a clue to that. No.
1: But he made it simple. Yes. What did he say to her?
2: He said to her, go and sin no more.
1: That's the answer, family. So it's that simple. Sin no more. He's not saying don't make a mistake because you're going to make mistakes. He's saying don't make a conscious sin. Don't do something that you know is wrong, that you know is sinful, sinful, because that's a choice. So it's that simple. Just sin no more. Not you. We're all going to make mistakes, definitely in this journey that we're taking in life, when you're experiencing new things. But one thing about God, he's a loving God. He placed people in your life to help you along those journeys. Now, the thing is, is are you going to be good ground to hear and receive the word that's being spoken to you? Or are you going to be ground with weeds in it that choke out the word? <laughs> And that's the difference between moving forward or staying stuck.
2: You know, you just said something, and I, I, it's ironic. I just opened up to it on Mark chapter, uh, chapter 4, uh, verse 26, starting at verse 26. It says, again, Jesus said, God's kingdom is like what happens when a farmer scatters seeds in a field. <laughs> the farmer sleeps at night and is up and around during the day, yet the seeds keep sprouting and growing, and he doesn't understand how. It is the ground that makes the seed sprout and grow into plants that produce grain. Then when harvest season comes and the grain is ripe, the farmer cuts it with a sickle. Hmm. So what's that saying to us? There's good seed, there's bad seed. With the sickle, we're going to cut the bad seed out and let the good seed keep growing and sprouting. And that's what God has in store for us if we know how to follow his way.
1: Here it says in Ephesians six one three. 3. It says, children, I think you read this already. Probably did. <laughs> children, obey your parents in yep. the Lord, for this is right. Mm-hmm. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, mm-hmm. that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on this earth. That's it that you may enjoy a long life on this earth. It says it's important to take care of your elders. And that's something that millennials are definitely doing and not doing to to a sense. You know, I I have my sister right now. She's taking care of my um, stepmom, you know, who's 86 years old. And I thank God for my sister I I told her her nickname is, how could I help you? (laughs) Because she's always there. You know, she did it for our mother. She did it for her father-in-law. And now she's doing it for her stepmother, where she's being the caregiver. You know, when she say, why me? I said, why not you? I said, God purpose you for this time you know you had to be ready for this and and it is purpose for you you know and and that's why it's so important you know and and for us as 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 leaders as as children in the body of Christ that we have that same type of love for our elders our parents i remember even when i was in the street there was a level of respect that we had for our elders that there were certain things that had they not had had they not heard, they would never have known the things that I was doing in the street because they never seen me doing it personally. Right. Because I was always respectful and I made sure the people who were around me were the same way, you know. And and unfortunately, we don't have that enough right now right. in this generation that's that has, has coming up. You know, but we, like I said, we have to be in the street. We have to be that example. We have to be bold and standing up to these things that are going wrong in our neighborhoods and in our communities. There was a time where the church was out there. Yeah. You know, even, even the Muslim Brotherhood was out there. There were certain things that you didn't do because they were out there on the corners. You know, you had the Black Panthers. You had leadership out there who were guarding the community. Yeah. And unfortunately, we have started, we have faded to the background. And we allowed the enemy to step forth. And we're seeing the deterioration of our communities.
2: Yeah. You know, it was funny. I saw a story last night. I forget what it was about. Somebody got shot in Philly. And uh, they were talking to a, um, a priest. It was in a. Uh, it was running a church, and they and he said to him, he, "They asked him about, you know, what would he do about it." And he said, "Listen," he, and he point blank said this. He said, "Listen, if you don't want to tell them, come to me, and then I'll tell the police." We don't have enough of that. Mm-hmm. People are afraid. They're scared. Look, Jesus knew he was going to his death. Imagine having that burden of everybody's sin and knowing that you were going to have to go to the cross and die for everyone in the world. Imagine that burden he had on his shoulders. And we don't betray that enough in our societies. Why are we not out there teaching and helping these uh, younger people? This is something that is I, I, is in my heart. I see it every day. And it's sad to see young people that might have the potential to be somebody and don't know how to get there. We got to get them there.
1: And it goes back, and, and I just want to go back to that scripture of Jeremiah. Jeremiah 1.4. It says, the word of the Lord came to me. You, family, saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Each one of you are a prophet to the nations. He's saying this to you. A sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. He said, I am only a child. But the Lord said to him. Do not say I'm only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. God is speaking to you, family, about these things that's going on in your community. He's telling you to speak. Listen to what he says. Do not be afraid of them. Do not be afraid of them. I had some young kids, I got a basketball court right in front of my house and the, my son don't play, he, he's older, he don't play the hoops anymore as much as he used to and I got kids from the neighborhood that come and play basketball right there in front of my house and the last couple of times for, for a month now or so since it started getting a little warm they've been out there playing basketball and stuff like that but what I found is they dropping their water bottles and stuff like that in our lawn, in the neighbor's lawn, you know, people pulling out of the parkings, pulling out of their houses, and they got to honk the horn for the kids to move out the street, you know. So I spoke to them, and I'm like, listen, guys, clean up behind yourself and be respectful for the people in the neighborhood. We don't mind you guys playing out here on the court, But be respectful, clean up behind yourself. The other day I came home, my wife told me, oh, I had to make them clean up. And there was a few of them who wanted to walk away, and I had to call them back. So I had already told them that if you continue along that path, I'm going to remove it. I don't want to because this gives you an outlet somewhere to play. But if you don't be respectful of what we're allowing you to do, I'm going to have to take it away. Exactly. So I took it away the other night. Sometimes we gotta stand firm on what we say. Because otherwise, they will continue to do the enemy will allow them to continue to do what they want to do. That's right. Unless you stand firm on it. And and that's the issue that we have with society right now, our young people, is that. We're not paying attention. We're not holding them accountable. My wife felt so bad. She said, I want to go buy them a basketball court so they can have it by their house. And I said, sweetheart, that's a beautiful idea. I would love to do that, but not right now. They need to learn a lesson. We have a question. Yep.
0: More so uh, in an agreement with both of you, while you were talking, um, God led me to Hebrews 12, uh, beginning at, The fifth verse, and it says, and you have forgotten the exhortation addressed to you as sons. Hmm. My son, do not despise the discipline from the Lord. Not grow weary when you are rebuked by him. Mm -hmm. For whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. And scourges every son whom he receives and the last verse in this portion I'd like to read it says endure discipline God is dealing with you as with sons Hmm. and then over in 13 God just reminds us that when he when he deals with us he doesn't leave us as a father who loves his son He he deals with us, disciplines us, and he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear. What can man do to me? Remember those who rule over you, who have proclaimed to you the word of God. Follow their faith, considering the results it has produced in their lives. And the last verse of this is, Yahshua, Jesus, the Messiah, is the same yesterday and today and forevermore. Just meaning that he treats us all the same, no respecter of person. And so the discipline that we receive from young people really should receive the discipline from those who are here on earth and do it with honor because it's a godly thing. Because God will discipline you as well, and it's always meant for your good.
1: Amen. You know, you you spoke and you touched on something that's so important. And it goes back to something we were talking about earlier when I was speaking about mentors. We're having a godly example, people who you can turn to when, when you come across some situations that you're uncertain of, you know and and And, like that word said, so through their example you can you can see the grace of God on their lives. Yes. me sitting here today, Pastor Sedman, you out here, you there in the audience, you know what God has already done in your life, so these testimonies need to be heard, your children need to hear your truth, not that you're boasting about what you did but you're boasting about what God has done and continues to do in your life because without him I know I wouldn't be here and that's the examples these kids need to hear. They need to hear those, those troubled times. Yeah. They need to hear about those because right. they think their trouble is unique to them. But we want you to know, family, that your trouble is not unique to you. We've all been there in one way or another. So there's a testimony yeah. for your situation. You just have to be receptive to receive it. Open your ears to what God is speaking to you, to the people we Placed in your life to give you a way out. Yes, that's it. This that's is it. what this is about. That's this it. is what this word is about. Okay. This is what Jesus told to the young lady. We None of us are without sin but there's a way out. Sin no more. Sin no more. Don't stay in your mess. It's about a choice. And if I didn't make the choice that I made I'd still be in my mess. Oh, yeah. But thank God Thank God I'm not perfect, far from it. I got a long way to go and I'm looking forward to what God is going to do in my life. Because it's not just for me, it's about the lives I'm going to touch. I told the children the other day that I'm so happy to be doing what I'm doing. Because I'm doing what I promised God that if he gave me the opportunity to do, I would do. And he's opened a door, he's opened floodgates for me to do it. And my testimony is not about me, it's about him, the God who saved me. And and by him saving me, I'm able to save others, and that's all I want to do. And that same testimony is for each and every one of us. And that's what we're speaking to you, this young generation, that God has a purpose for your life. I didn't believe I had a purpose. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't think about my future. But he showed me that he has a future and a plan for me. And I have no idea how great and how, how broad it's going to be.
2: And you brought up something that you hit on. That is what God meant in a nutshell about the Great Commission. Hmm. We are supposed to pass on what has happened in our life through our testimony to help affect others. To bring them to the word of God. That was what the whole meaning of the Great Commission was all about. And that's how we do it. Word of mouth. Amen.
1: Listen, family, we are about to close. As we tell you, the word is free all the time. However, the work that we do costs, the mission work costs, the ministry costs, and we need your help. So if God placed on your heart to sow a seed, it should be popping up on your screen, sow a seed. Um, because there's so much that we have to do. We talk about how we can change these lives out here, these communities. We have to be out there in the trenches. We have to be in a position to offer them new opportunities to do something different. And the only way we're going to do it, we have to come together as a unit, as one body to make the full body better, because one youth out there hurts the body. And we want to heal the body. A church is a hospital. Our job is to to bring healing to the body. And each one of us play a role. So, if God placed on your heart to sow a seed, sow a seed. If he placed on your heart to come here and worship and, and, and do servitude come do that. Whatever God placed on your heart, we here at Faith Harvest want you to be a part of what we're doing here in the community. And it's not just Faith Harvest. It's Blessed Assurance. We got other church ministries that's a part of what we're doing. We're we're doing it with Harvest Christian Academy with the youth. It's a full spectrum. God is We serve a God who owns the kingdom. He owns this world, so it's always a role that we all can play. And we want to invite you out to um, our Sunday service um, that's coming up this weekend. Starts at ten thirty. Come be a part of what we're doing here at Faith Harvest. And also, also, please be a part of our Easter Sunday service. We in our new building at eleven oh one Delaware Street. Newcastle, Delaware, service start at ten thirty promptly. What you see now when you get there is not what you're gonna see because God has Ooh. great plans for for harvest. And we want you to be a part of what God is doing. Amen. So with that, I'm going to ask Pastor Stedman. We always close with a word. So Pastor Stedman, you share your word and I'll share mine. And we look forward for you being a part of what we're doing here. As we said, we want the youth to come out be a part of what we're doing. We want to hear some insight from you. You have some feedback. Send, us, send it to us on Facebook. Go to our app. Sign up on our app. You can share your comments. We'll try to answer them. But we want you in the house. Come be a part of what we're doing. That's how we're going to make a difference. All right? God bless.
2: I want to come out of Amos chapter 5, starting in verse 12. It says, I am the Lord, and I know your terrible sins. You cheat honest people and take bribes. You rob the poor of justice. Times are so evil that anyone with good sense will keep quiet. If you really want to live, you must stop doing wrong and start doing right. I, the Lord God all-powerful, will then be on your side, just as you claim I am. Hmm. And that all is being said is, sin no more.
1: Amen. So I'm going to come out of Ecclesiastics 11.9. It says, young people, enjoy your youth. Be happy while you're still young. Do what you want to do and follow your heart's desires. But, it says, remember that God is going to judge you for whatever you do. Don't let anything worry you or cause you pain. You aren't going to be young very long. (laughs) So, I tell you from experience, and there were some times where I didn't think I would even reach this age I am right now, you know, but only through the grace of God that I'm here to share my testimony. And I say to you, start thinking about where you see yourself five, ten years down the line, because if you do, when you start giving yourself a sense of direction, you will not get as lost as you possibly could be like I was like some of your parents was, like Pastor Stedman and some of the leaders here were at one time. But because of the grace of God, he's covered us and guided us back along the right path. You have an opportunity in your youth to make your path straight. It's just about you making a choice and you setting yourself up to go where God is calling you to go. So we pray that this word, these things that we share with you today has blessed your life, has set you on a new path. We ask that you... Continue to seek God's word. Spend a few minutes with God, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is. Take that personal time because this relationship is personal. You can't have your mother's faith. You can't have your grandma's faith. Your faith is your faith. That's but right. that anointing that was on them can run down to you, but you have to do your part. So it's with that, we say God bless you. We love you. Come be a part of what we're doing here at Faith Harvest. Have a good night.